Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. It's a beautiful February day. I've been down on Lake Taney Como. It hit 60 degrees this afternoon, and I was in the boat with a couple of Pretty darn good fisherman. I hate to brag on one of them, but uh, I've got Ryan Miloszewski, outdoor writer. I've known him for a long time, and Dave Pitt with KC Flats Co. And if you want to get a hold of him, just add a dot com. That's KC, F L A T S C O dot com. And guys, we had a fabulous afternoon out on Tanny Como. That's some fly fishing. Everybody else throwing jerk baits and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, but we were whipping the long rods, and man, we had a good time this afternoon. Yeah, we sure did. We uh, started off up at the dam, uh, had uh, probably about 10,000-plus CFS running, so it was ripping, so we had to run those long leaders, chucking and ducking. (laughs) (laughs) We had probably 15-foot leaders from float, and we drifted uh, beads and uh, scuds, and it started off with beads being kind of the the preferred uh, forage for those guys, and then they moved on to scuds. Seemed like that's a day went on, but yeah, we we were chucking and ducking. Well, I I tell you, that was a little bit of a new experience for me. I don't know. There's been very many times in my fly fishing lifetime of almost seven decades (laughs) that I've I've chucked uh, leaders that long. That's not a beginner's game. No, no, and and we were talking about that when we were fishing, and and that long leader, it, it looks, if you see people doing it, it looks like they don't know how to cast fly rod. Because we're looping yeah. it and getting it up and high, but you know we have to water load it. But it's the only option. I mean, it, it, to get down those fish are on the soft water, really deep down there, and the water's ripping. So we got to have to a lot of split, a uh, lot of leader, and it, it works when you get down there. But if you look, from, if you're looking from shore, see those guys don't know how to cast a fly rod. Well, I hope you didn't see it, or at least if you did see it, you were kind enough not to laugh at me. I did smack myself in back of the head a couple of times for a couple of splits. Oh, shots, I didn't you know? see that. I didn't see. <laughs> I should have told it. You know, you picked it up. You guys both, it was, it was, you know, you guys are experienced fly fishermen, so that's key. I do take beginners out, and it, it's doable. It just takes some time. You know, you they right. get the hang of it, you get the hang of it, sure. you get the hang of it, and eventually it, it, it comes through. So, you know, beginners can do it. It's just, it takes a little time before you get used to all that. Well, you were a great instructor. The pro- well, the problem is, we kind of talked about it on the boat, is, you're you're doing everything you're not supposed to do with a fly rod, <laughs> yeah. like when you're casting. Exactly. You know? So you know, if you're a beginner, you could create some pretty bad habits For pretty sure. quickly. Yep. You know, so For sure. You know, it, it, like you said, it's it's one of those things where. Probably takes a long time for people to, you know, throughout the day anyway, to get the hang of it. And then maybe they go try and throw a, you know, a four-foot indicator rig. That's right. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, the technique is not, but it's all you can do. There's other rigs we could have used with a fly rod um, where it's you don't really have to cast. But I pretty much like to try to have the fly fishing experience where you cast out there. You feel, you know, you, you, you land a fish. You know, not in the reel, but with your line, that 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 makes fly fishing fun. I think. Oh, it really does. A tug on a fly rod is just oh, many times better than a bait caster or spinning rod. You know, just something about it. And we talked a lot about that sort of thing this afternoon. You know, the sun's shining. We're sitting on those decks, relaxed, man. 
drifting old bobbers and yeah. just having a good old time and, and caught quite a few fish. But y'all changed uh, taxes just a little bit there kind of towards the end. Yeah, we uh, we saw it was a bluebird day, so was, we, were, we were a little, uh, wasn't too keen or not uh, confident that we'd catch anything, but there's a couple places where I've swung streamers. So we throw um, <clears throat> 350 grain, 250 grain, 24-foot lead core lines, fly line, um, and you got to cast that out as far as you can and let it swing with the current, and um, and then we strip it back. And that by the time that swings down there, that heavy line, twenty four foot of it is is down pretty low. You didn't well, you want it down in that soft water, um, and then we strip it back uh, through a little tiger tail streamer, and um, uh, it you know Ryan Ryan picked up a fish. Um, yeah, pretty uh, quick, like too, and it, yeah, on the swing. It, yeah, I mean, I didn't have anything on you know working it back to the boat, but but I had three, yeah. you know. Landed one on the swing, and yeah, I mean we had some. Yeah, but you only fished too. it fifteen minutes, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, yeah. we could have probably worked it more and moved some water, yeah. and caught fish that way. It's a fun way to fish because it's very tactile, right? I mean, you're you get and you don't have to look at that indicator. You can look around at scenery and see the birds <laughs> and talk, and when you feel that that sensation of it, so it's a good. It's, it's fun to mix it up that way. You um, you bet it remind me of course tarpon fishing down in the Yucatan you got very very similar but it was interesting what you I kind of sat down and sat back and watched Milo fish at that point and he handled that pretty well he could send it no yeah. he yeah, he yeah. can cast so when yeah. you and so you, the sink tip line and, and and Milo was telling me and I agree that you know when, when you're first new to it you know it's it's a little cumbersome because it's heavy but man once you get it timed you can send it and he and that's the key he's I don't know how far you're sending it but oh, to the oh, moon sixty I mean, feet probably yeah. I mean yeah. you know yeah. I mean granted you know what does it what was, how much sink tip was on there what twenty four twenty four feet, feet yeah. yeah so I mean and then you know I don't know another forty feet of fly line right. so. And I could probably send it farther. I mean, once you time it, like you said, Dave, I mean, you just, I mean, just go. The, I mean, the momentum of that line is, <laughs> ooh. But if you mess up <laughs> yeah, and you don't time it right, you have yourself a situation where you're getting hit in the back of the head or, you know, you're piling up on the water or whatever. Uh, we've all done that a few times, particularly when you talk about changing tactics, you know, hey, we like to think it's fly, fly fishermen, you know. Fishing those tiny little dry flies, you know, and the yep. trout just sipping it off the top. Yeah, that's great fun. That's romantic stuff. But you can do this kind of rough corn cob kind of sort of sort yeah. of stuff too. Yeah. You know, it yeah. still catch fish. So there's a lot of different things you can do with a fly rod. And I listened to a very interesting conversation between you two today. You got to talking about the uh, top water and hopper season. I know that's you know two or three, four months away yet, but. I have never heard anybody talk about fishing hoppers on Tanny Como, and you guys do it. I, and Ryan, I let him. You try and tell. Yeah, tell t- yeah. I mean, Phil, we're down here at Lily's Landing, and Phil Lily, you know, he's done it, but uh, with some success. But I don't know what it is about last year. I don't know if there was just a abundance of grasshoppers or just you know forage coming off the trees uh, on the lake. And I mean, it was it was incredible. You know, I, I kind of I was go- actually the way I. I don't say I discovered it. I discovered the bite, I guess. Uh, I was actually going down to the white uh, to hopper fish because, you know, the White River is really good hopper fishing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, I'll stop here and, you know, fish Tanny Como for a couple. Of, I had a few hours to, to kill in the morning, and, the, you know, water was off and went up, to, you know, above Fall Creek. And, you know, I boated, I think, eight or nine fish. And, wow. and the thing about the hopper fishing is most of those fish are – 17 to 22 inches so bigger fish yeah they're bigger fish mm-hmm. and you know i got to the point throughout the summer last year where i could pretty much almost guarantee i won't say guarantee but 99.99 percent <laughs> that you know we could go out there and if you knew how to cast a fly rod 
you were going to catch a 20-inch fish, a rainbow, on, on a hopper. And Now, that's a ton of fun on a fly rod. Oh, yeah. It's a fun. blast. It was, I, I don't think I've had more fun fly fishing down here, especially, and maybe ever. I mean, it was – and then Dave, you know, I was I ran into him on the lake. Dave and I, we kind of know each other through mutual people, and now we're friends, I guess. But uh, uh, I ran into him on the lake, and I was telling him about it, and, you know, he's a big fly fishing guy, and he was like, Hey, you want to go out tomorrow? Take me out tomorrow. So I was kind of guiding the guide, you know, and uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And we went out there and we did really well. Yeah, it was our first. We I think we drifted it twice or twice. Once. Yeah, I think yeah. twice because I mean there's no water running, so yeah. you know it's a it takes you you know an hour to drift. You know there you were drifting. So um, and what's cool about it, and you know they don't smash it. It's yeah. not a, it's not explosion. They surf it. So when you see the bite, you may think it's a little dink. It's it, they just inhale yeah. it in. So you it, and most of the the, the fish are going to be large because it's a pretty big hopper. But it was really interesting to see that because you see them nosing up to it, and sometimes you have a maybe a second or two to watch them oh, man. nose up to it yep. and they just inhale it in. But the the bite itself is not explosive. Yeah, we were talking about. It, I think today I, the biggest one I caught last summer was a twenty four inch brown, um, which is. Sweet. incredible anywhere yeah. in the world but yeah. especially down here you know there's big browns here but i mean on a fly rod on a hopper you know yeah, yeah. Combo, 24 inch brown you know for a beginning fly fisherman they may not know what you're talking about oh, explain oh. it a little further detail oh so hopper uh, uh, hopper it's just a grasshopper imitation fly you know it usually involves foam or uh foam something to see it you know with a wing with a oh what's the material i'm thinking of the like the, oh, the widow's wet uh the um, Crawford? No, not the. No, uh, well, here we are, fly fishing. We can't. Yeah. The, we well, tie we, our own we flies. Flies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't. But uh, it's the terrestrial. You know, yeah. yeah, beetles to work too. Beetles, yeah, beetles, beetles work ants, too. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of the beginning, beginning fly fishermen they start with the dry flies, you know, and they yeah, got sure. that, they got that river runs through it. Uh, syndrome, well, you know. that I mean, that's about the closest you're going to get to it down here because we you know as far yeah. as the top water bite, it's 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 all that except it's a lot bigger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, the point I was yeah. point I yeah. was getting to yeah. you. Dry flies may be tiny little things, you know, eighteens and twenties, and some of these hoppers. You know, oh, yeah. hoppers get pretty big, and these fish eat them all the time, and they know oh, what yeah. they are. They know what they look like. They're looking for it. Yeah. 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 And you, you're fishing a two or sometimes a three inch bug. Yeah. Oh yeah. Made out of foam, legs sticking out all over the place, and they're pretty realistic looking. I'll, oh yeah. That's oh, a great way to. I bet I've got. Fish. I bet I've got two or three hundred hoppers in different boxes and in oh, different yeah. sizes. But I've found out even at the trout parks, I experimented with this a little bit uh, last summer coming up towards fall. You know, the hopper bite usually starts when? About late July, August, August yeah. maybe up through September. And uh, those really hot weather months, the hoppers. The, See the grasshoppers, yeah. Yeah, they, they've matured and a lot of them. I guess they commit suicide, man. They just yeah. jump in the water. Uh, they're not going to live long, you know. But I tried this uh, hopper business at the trout park last year, Merrimack Spring. I'm close to, and uh, used kind of a medium-sized hopper. I caught one on the very first cast, man, yeah. and, and had a good day there. But I got to experiment a little bit because when I was a kid, I was fishing with the little foam spiders, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, usually black and white. Yeah, bluegill. Yeah, the yep. little bluegill. Trout things. will eat them up. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. I yeah. bet. Anything leggy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pink and yellow uh, worked really good. Tan worked really well. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I, I got a whole new spider coat. Collection down that go <laughs> yeah. with my hoppers, you know. But what, cool. a, what a thrill. And, folks, if you're coming to Taney Como and you've never tried this and you're coming in the late summer months, uh, hey, try to find a fly fishing guide. I think Dave Pitt would be willing to take you. I'd love to. 
Hey, I've taken people fishing. Fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know the the I I go up to the Driftless area in Wisconsin. Well, I have the last two summers, and um, I kind of brought back a, a hopper pattern that is popular up there. Granted, a lot smaller up there. But I started tying them myself. It's called the Hippie Stomper, Andrew Grillo's pattern. Um, and uh, that, uh, you know, I started tying it here just a little bigger, like size 8, size 6, you know, nothing huge. Um, pretty simple. I mean, you know, if you're in the fly tying, you just look it up on YouTube. or and, You know, it's super easy to, to tie if you're adept at it. And, uh, man, like you said, Bill, like one of the first few casts, I went up there and bam. You know, so I started using that. I gave Dave a couple and – you know, you're catching on, you know, a chubby Chernobyl or a fat Albert or any anything like that, you know, and those are just patterns. But it's the hippie stopper. I just had confidence in it, you know, because I use it up there. And just, What color is it? Um, you purple. know, it's purple, purple it. pink, green. We're kind of, you know, just yep. a, you, it's just layered foam, you know, with a, like like Dave said, a purple underneath and lay black foam on top of it, which really doesn't matter. You're seeing, you know, right. just got a few legs on it and – uh you know, the hackle in the middle. And like I said, if you just look it up, it's super easy to tie. And, man, the trout love it. And, man, they loved it down here. Like I said, I I kind of lucked into it, so to speak. You know, like I well, said, I was going down to the white. and Yeah, luck counts. Oh, it does. It does. But I, it happens you know, again this year, I'm sure. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't either. You know, I mean, it's because, you know, when, when the water's off in the morning, um, they get up right on the bank. And they're right on the bank. I mean, you have to almost hit the rocks or the bank you're casting to. Uh, not all the time, but yeah. 90, 95 percent of the time, your bite is going to come as almost as soon as that bug hits the water, right on the rocks. Because those big fish, bigger fish, uh, even trophies are up there in the shallows, and they're looking for that stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, they're eating caterpillars, worms, hoppers, obviously that come into the water, and they're in that shallow water looking to ambush them quick, you know. And if they get out deeper into the water, you know, they're not going to able to get them so they're i mean they're when i say tied to the bank i mean like six inches ten inches so it does require some precision but yeah i mean floating line um yeah. uh leader doesn't have to be a full nine feet i mean it can be tapered leader does yeah. help though yeah. i feel like um as far as like laying the hopper in there yeah. nicely instead of you know and splatting it on you can yeah. use fluoro but i recommend a mono just to float a little bit i mean they're so yeah. they're so buoyant that you don't really you, you dress them right with some yeah. ginkgo and you know a little bit but they're so foamy that you know you don't have to worry too much about that but if you're going to be make, you want you want that to stay up on top of the water not sink so yep. you know we put a little floating on it yeah. and use a mono leader mono taper leader yeah yep. right 100%. well a couple of years ago i was floating a merrimack with damon spurgeon right there below merrimack spring there's Milo, you fished there yep. quite often. A lot of big rocks there. To, it was summertime, and I just tied on a big hopper, man. Long cast, hit right in behind one of those rocks, and mended that line. And that that hopper come around just beautifully. I thought, man, what a beautiful cast! And the water did explode. Yeah, it did okay. Yeah, good two and a half pound rainbow. You know, oh, man. smashed it. Man, it just didn't get any better than that. No, and. Uh, you know, fly fishermen always looking for something different, always looking for that new fly, looking for the advantage on the fish and their fishing buddies as well, you know. Yep. But, hey, if you want to one-up your fishing buddies and they not into hopper fishing, just give it a try, take some photographs, gotcha, you know. Yeah. I'm one, one ahead of you. But, guys, I tell you what, uh, I hope we can get together down here for that hopper bite. Man, I'd like to be here right in the middle of that. So. Give me a call. Good, good time. Love to well, take you. Hey, 
love to go. Appreciate you guys being on this Absolutely. segment with me, Ryan Maloszewski, Dave Pitt. And, Dave, close this out for us. Give us your contact info so people can come fish with I'd you. I'd love to. Thanks. Um, David Pitt at kcflatsco.com um, or Lily's Landing. I also guide through Lily's, so you can find me on either places. Thanks. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Hussall Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on the beautiful, crystal clear Hussall River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Hussall, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri, and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Steve Stoltz is a world class turkey hunter. Here's this week's turkey hunting tip. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls and Mafio Camouflage and Drury Outdoors. And I'm here to give you a spring turkey hunting tip, number one. Scout, scout, and scout more. I think a lot of emphasis is on calling, hunting strategies, uh, learning, uh, you know, turkey hunt, spring turkey habits. But scouting can be the most overlooked tool to success, in my opinion. And what I mean by scout, scout, and more scout, I, I don't mean just going out and listening for birds in the morning maybe one time and getting a location of where they're at. Learn where they're at. Spend several mornings out there scouting. Learn your terrain. Get to know every nook and cranny of your hunting area. Get to know where they're roosting. Get to know where they're coming down and hitting the ground and heading far in the morning. What direction? Strut areas. Areas they like to hang later in the morning. Areas they like to dust areas they like to feed and you'll put yourself in a way better position to hunt those gobblers uh, knowing where they're at what they're doing all day because sometimes in fact many times you don't get them killed early in the morning right off the roost you have to go for a later morning hunt or a midday hunt 
Well, the better you know what those turkeys are doing, the better chance you'll be in the right place to get one to gobble later in the morning and have success. It's time for Conservation Notes with Missouri Department of Conservation Deputy Director Aaron Jeffries. Hi, this is Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Hey, just want to talk to you a little bit about private land assistance here in Missouri. Uh, Missouri is rather unique in that we have an army of staff that are devoted to helping landowners manage their property for fish, forest, and wildlife. With 93% of Missouri and private ownership, the key to conservation success is private land habitat management. So I would encourage you as a landowner to go to the department's website, look up on the upper right corner, there's contacts, go to your county, find out who your private land conservationist is, and set up an appointment with them. They'll come out, visit your farm, kind of interview you, see what you want to accomplish, whether it's forest management, deer or turkey, or if you're interested in quail or grassland birds or wildflowers, and they'll help develop a plan and even help identify cost share for you. So, again, go to that upper right corner of the department's webpage, www.mdc.mo.gov, and look up your private land conservationists. The Conservation Federation of Missouri is the voice of the Missouri Outdoors. Here's Executive Director Tyler Schwartz. Hello, I'm Tyler Schwartz, the Executive Director of the Conservation Federation of Missouri. Our mission is to ensure conservation of Missouri's wildlife and natural resources and to protect our rich outdoor heritage through advocacy, education, and partnerships. We certainly have great, many great things here in Missouri that we want to protect and preserve for many years to come in Missouri. So our advocacy portion of our mission is to do the work in the capital that we have to do to protect all the the great things that we have. Our legislators sometimes don't agree with some of the conservation message that we have. So we testify in hearings and do the different work and make sure our members and citizens know all the critical things that are happening in the capital. So we're glad to be that voice for Missouri Outdoors as it relates to the legislative issues and making sure that we're doing the right thing. Our educational component is our conservation leadership core. So if any students, young adults out there from ages 16 through college age, we have a great leadership core program that we engage these students in to talk about things, hunting, fishing, the outdoors, hiking, biking. And you don't have to be a conservation minded you can be an accountant pre-med anybody anybody that's in that that fits through that junior year of high school through college is eligible to apply and, and enroll in our program and then the partnerships that's so many of our business partners the people that are out there that we work with that support us in so many ways we also have affiliates the different hunting and hiking biking groups across the state of missouri those are our valued partners, and we bring everybody under that one tent that we that we advocate for, and just we collaborate on so many different outdoor conservation issues across the state. So we have many, many wonderful partners that we are proud to have in our in our realm. To join the Conservation Federation of Missouri, go to confedmo 
org. It's $35 a year for our membership. We have our magazine that goes out bi-monthly, and we would certainly appreciate any support. Any citizens out there that would want to join the organization, we would love to have you. Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed and had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number. 1-800-BUY-DIRT. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. The Fly Rod Journals. SmokerBuilder.com. Cowtown, USA. Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bowfishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. 
Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. 